Running all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look, all my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look. What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. This is your boy Dexter, your host, the one and only. Welcome back to another show. I'm glad to be back. I'm going to keep it buck. I was down with COVID. For the reason, so the reason why I haven't really posted any uh, uh, recent games in the last round or two is because I was out with COVID. But I'm glad to be back. COVID is for real. If y'all not trying to get vaccinated, I hope y'all do. But I'm back. I feel good. So let's go ahead and cut into it. And today we're going to be talking about the Hawks and the Bucks game two situation. It's crazy. I heard a lot of blasphemy about the Bucks in the last 24, 48 hours, ever since they lost game one to the Hawks. And, and don't give no disrespect to the Hawks. They played well. I'm going to break it down to you as far as how they stole this game. And luckily in game two, the Bucks came out with a barrage of the swings knocking people out, playing bully ball, and I'll go ahead and break that stuff down. And if you're new to this channel, go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and, uh, and, and smash that like button and then hit that bell notification. Every time I drop a video, you definitely will get a notification. I'm on every single streaming platform out there as far as podcasts, so you can catch them in the audio route if you get, if you can't catch them on YouTube or on IG. And the ones that have been watching, I appreciate the love. I can't thank y'all enough. And we're going to keep going. So let's go ahead and just dive into it because we have a lot to talk about in this whole game two situation with the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm going to go ahead and just dig into game one and kind of give you like an oversight. Most of you guys already know what happened in game one. And I'm going to go ahead and break down what led into game two, why the Bucks just demolished uh, the Atlanta Hawks. So game one, you had... And Trey Young, you, I tip my hat off to you, man. Young Bull, first time in the postseason, and this is what you're doing, and you're in the Eastern Conference Finals. And just in March, I believe, February and March, you was like the 10th, 11th seed. And then ever since they fired a the coach and they got Nate McMillan to be the interim coach, he changed everything. And he's a defensive-minded coach, so he made his team more aggressive on the defensive end, which actually helped them to get to the, uh, to the fifth seed in the East. And just remember, food for thought, that every game one of each round, the Atlanta Hawks have won. Remember, they play the Knicks, who were the four seed. Went to New York, won game one. Second round, they played against the number one seed. Went into Philadelphia and won game one. We know the outcome of that. And then game one against the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final, they beat the Bucks game one too. So the whole situation about the Milwaukee Bucks is they were caught off guard. Like they played like it was a regular season of game. You understand, Trey Young only played one game in this whole entire season against the Milwaukee Bucks, and he was embarrassed. Only one game he played against the Milwaukee Bucks, and that was in Atlanta, State Farm Arena. And I think he had like, like 10 points, 15 points, whatever it was. He was like 3 for 17 or whatever it was. He was like 0 for 4 from the three-point land. Like, they had locked him down. And he comes and plays game one, 
and just embarrasses you like that. And I'll tell you why he embarrassed you guys like that as far as the Milwaukee Bucks. The guy had 48 points. The guy had 12 floaters. The guy was just picking, popping, and picking, rolling all the time. Matter of fact, Brooke Lopez was like 10 feet from the screen. So if he get a screen from John, Trey Young got a screen from John Collins, Brooke Lopez was in the paint, and Trey Young is at the three-point line. And if it wasn't Brooke Lopez, it was Clint Portis. I'm mean, not, not Clint Portis, sorry, uh, Bobby Portis. So those guys were sagged up by 10, 12 feet, and I didn't understand why. And then that thing just, it just killed the Milwaukee Bucks. Even though the Milwaukee Bucks only lost by, like, what, a couple points, three points, whatever it was, that's 48 points of barrage from uh, from Trey Young. He just controlled it. He dictated the whole entire game. He had 12 floaters. So if, he, if John Collins gives a screen to Drew Holiday and either he pops a three or he collapsed the defense and the hedging of the, the center, whoever was guarding John Collins or Clint Capella, was sagged so deep in the paint, he was just throwing up floaters. If not, he was kicking out to, you know, uh, John Collins or, you know, uh, Kevin Herter. These guys were just making their shots. Trey Young had 48 points, 11 dimes, 12 floaters, and he shimmied all over the Bucks. And y'all remember that. I'm going to post it right here. Gets a screen, crossovers Drew Hade. Drew Hade goes all the way left. This guy had enough time to sit there, you know, make reservations for his dinner, say what's up to the fans that, as far as like the Atlanta Hawks fans, shimmied on you at the same time, and then hit a shot on your face as far as Bobby, Port, uh, Bobby Portis. That is unacceptable. Like, the disrespect from Trey Young, and I love it. But damn, you can't get shimmied on like that. I'm sorry. And John Collins had 23 points, 15 boards, game one. Clint Compella had 12 points and 19 rebounds. 19. Like, those two guys combined for 34 rebounds themselves and out-rebound the whole entire Bucks team. Like, if you're Brooke Lopez, how do you have two rebounds in game one? Like, that's embarrassing. You're a seven-footer. <laughs> you shouldn't, like, defensively, you're guarding Clint Capella. How are you getting out-rebound by Clint Capella? You're physically bigger and taller than Clint Capella. I don't get that. And his his rebound woes, yeah, it's still continuing game two. And I'll go ahead and break that down in a second. But yeah, John Collins, 23 points, 15 rebounds. Clint Cabello had 12 points, 19 rebounds. Kevin Herter had 13 points. And then 48 comes from Drew Holiday. So they had four guys in double figures. Supposed against one of the best defensive teams in the, in the game. Like Giannis, who are you guarding? If, 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 if John Collins is dropping 23 points, that is your man, right? Uh, Kevin Herter, Chris Middleton, where you at? You're going to have this guy drop 13 points on your head while you had a dud? You had a terrible game one. Trash. Like, bro, like, you you, you represented the Olympics in, in the summer in Tokyo. Like, how, how are you on the Olympics team and you drop a dud? Like, that's that's unac unacceptable. Chris Middleton, game one, shot 6 for 23 from the field, 0 for 9 from the three-point line. Six points in the second half in game one. How do you have six points? This team can go only as far as Chris Middleton. As much as Giannis is the best player in the team and arguably one of the best players in the league, top three, in my opinion, he can only do as much as he can. And he dropped 33 points and had like double-digit rebounds and 
you know, he had a couple of assists here and there as far as Giannis. But Chris Milton, you cannot have a dud and play like this and expect to win. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So the team will only go as far as Middleton will go. Middleton plays well. We know Giannis is going to produce. Dude's unstoppable. There's no guy on that team as far as the line of Hawks that can stop this guy or slow him down. So if he gets his 30, 40 points, he still won't take an L if Middleton doesn't show up. And if you look at uh, uh, Drew Holiday, he played great in game one. He had a lot of problems on the decent end. That's not his fault. How are you supposed to go through a screen and get bumped and expect to trail back to Trey Young, who's just hitting you with floaters and, and jumpers? Like, you're playing against one against two. In my, in my opinion, that's how it is. Like, you can't beat the screen. You need the hedge. You need the big guy to either force the guy to go out and shoot 35 feet uh, three-pointers. You cannot allow him to dictate the game. I'm sorry. That, that's unacceptable. And I don't get it. Like, I'm going to talk about game one a lot. The Bucks. Why you so dumb? There's nobody that can stop Giannis. And there's nobody that can stop Chris Middleton. Like Giannis can go into the paint all day. Middleton can get his jump shot on all these guys. Why are you shooting threes for? Why is Brooke Lopez sitting at the three-point line? I know you was doing it good in the season. You averaged 39% from the, the three-point land. You was one of the top teams that started shooting threes in, in the NBA this season. But shooting 30% in the postseason? Go inside. Dominant like you always do. You led the league in points in the paint. I would have just continued doing that. And if you look at it, like it's crazy. The Hawks went on an 18 and 8 run in the last four minutes of game one to close it out while the Bucks were up seven points with four minutes to go. And the next thing you know, they go 18 8 run to end the game and win by three. And Trey Young did not play great in the fourth quarter. He was like one for something, oh for something from the three-point line. But John Collins and those other guys kept him alive. So let's go ahead and talk about game two. Game two, Trey Young had the worst game. Worst game in the postseason so far. And a lot of credit has to do with the, the, the change of, of the game plan. Trey Young was not getting those, those floaters. He only had five floaters in game two compared to 12. Game one, he wasn't getting open shots like he was getting open shots in game one. Like they blitzed them on every single screen that came and forced him to shoot from 30, 35 feet. And he was off, like super off. Dude had 15 points, 16. He was six for 15 from the field. And he, I remember he had a shot over Pat McConaughey and he, he did the shimmy. And that shimmy backfired because they went on a... 20-0 run in the second quarter. Like, they, the Bucs were on a 20-0 run. Matter of fact, they had 20 points from the fast break in the first half. Like, 20 easy points. And and half that came from Trey Young not going back on defense. Every time Trey Young hit a three-pointer and missed, it was, it was clank, clank. Drew Holiday's leaking, cherry-picking. All I saw was Giannis throwing the ball 90 feet. Middleton throwing the ball 90 feet. And you see Trey, uh, uh, Drew Holiday going for layups. Easy bucket, easy bucket, easy bucket. 20 point. Like you can't even allow that to happen. A 20-0 run? They scored 47 points in the second quarter as far as Milwaukee Bucks. 
compared to the 17 points the Hawks had. And I think that's the reason why the game ballooned to where it, where, where, where it was at. Like, they were up by 30, 40 points. Like, how do you come back from that? You can't come back from that by shooting threes all day. And they have no post guys. And they have no guys that can go to the paint. John Collins in the sense, yeah, I get it. But Trey Young is not going to get you get you back in the game unless he gets the other guys shooting threes. And the, and the Bucks took that away from them. They literally took everything from them. They can't shoot as far as the game two. They couldn't shoot. They couldn't go inside. Compella was MIA. John Collins didn't put that great. I can look at the numbers right now. John Collins had 11 points and eight rebounds. Kimblada, who had double, he was double-double in the first game. He had 12 and 19. He ended up with two points and eight boards. That's the Kimblada I know. Cam Reddish, who hasn't played in I don't know how long, like months, three, four, five months, gives you 11 points off the bench. And Gallinari, I know it's hard to come off the bench and, you know, be that guy, but you're not that guy. Trust me, when Giannis is on you, or, or Bobby Portis is on you, or Chris Middleton's on you, yeah, you can give you 12 points from the struggle because you understand those 12 points that Gallinari gave you is because they took out all the stars from the Bucks and they're up by like 30 points. So, yeah, the Hawks got to figure out how to be game one, that kind of team, in game three. In your home court, in Atlanta, in the A, in the ATL, at the State Farm Arena. Like, you gotta be, you gotta be like Steffish in, in a sense as far as Trey Young. And I know some of you out there think that uh, Trey Young is better than Steph Curry. I'm not gonna drop names, but you know who you are. Bucks in game. Think about the Hawks for a second. Kudos to Milwaukee, Bully Ball. They came out blitzing, knocking these guys down, hitting with some elbows, playing physical. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. I don't know how to explain this. The guy came off the bench with energy. Hitting threes. Cutting to the basket. Stealing the ball from the inbound from the Hawks. Like, he was just going on a berserk streak. And I'm, I'm going to show you this video right here. This is, this is crazy. Look at this. Bobby Portis is just all over the place. To me, he's the reason why he gave you the energy. As far as Milwaukee, even though Giannis was doing his thing, but they needed some energy. They needed something, and this guy came out like a like like a six man of the year kind of attitude. So you got to you got to give your props to Bobby Portis for that because he he pretty much helped those guys out to get to game two. Even though Giannis was unstoppable, even Drew Holiday played great. Middleton, eh, you played I. But I tip my hat off to that. You know, and Chris Milton, I don't know, man. Like like I said, you played terrible in game one. In game two, you didn't play that great. You had 15 points. Yeah, you hit a couple threes here and there. But you got to step up, bro. Because there's nobody on the Atlanta Hawks that can guard you. Not one. You have Chris, Chris Herter that's guarding you? Come on, man. Post up, fade. Hit him with the jump shot. Take it to the basket. No one on that team can guard you. Maybe Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. But outside of that, there's nobody. Cambridge can't guard you. Gallinari cannot guard you. And whoever else after that cannot guard you. But the Bucks, yeah, man. 
They played great. They came out of attack mode from the beginning. They hounded Trey Young like all night. Like forced the dude into like nine turnovers. I think that's like the most in the postseason by any player. Especially Trey Young. Like it's unheard of to have nine turnovers. Trey Young does not give you nine turnovers. He does not do that. So a lot of I took my head off the Milwaukee Bucks. They did the thing. They did the thing. Yeah, so Trey Young in this game, he was the leading scorer for the team. And he shot 37% from the field, which is terrible. He's worst offense in the postseason for sure. I mean, the dude was negative 29 on the basketball court. Like, plus minus, he was negative 29. Like, you can't win like that. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. You can't win like that. So we'll see what happens in game three. But, yeah, the Bucks outscored the Hawks 43-17 in the second quarter, went on a 20-0 run, was dominating the whole entire time. Giannis, it's insane what, 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 what the Greek freak did. Like, he had an intent. Like, his, his mission was... Oh, yeah, I'm going to the basket. Dude was going to the basket and doing some hang time stuff, layups. He shot one three-pointer in the end of the first half. One. And then the rest of it was just a barrage in the paint. And he ended with, what, 25 points, whatever it was. But still, he was dominant. And he was, like, he was, you know, passing the ball, getting guys wide open. That's the Milwaukee Bucks that's deadly. When Giannis can just penetrate and kick out to... Drew Holiday or Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton or whoever else, Forbes, Pat, uh, uh, Pat, like those guys are going to hit. And if they're hitting open shots, you're not going to beat the Bucks because defensively they're good, especially against the Hawks. Like they're not – like they just beat the Nets in, in seven games. I don't think they're afraid of, of Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young is the only guy that I don't think – they don't have an answer for it. Even though they played great in game two, I think Trey's going to play better at home. But, like, if he doesn't show up, then this team is going to get blown out every single game. I personally believe it's going five games. They stole game one. It's going to be 4-1. Gentlemen sweep. Maybe two games for Atlanta. Maybe they might squeeze one more game out. Maybe. But if not, it's going to be a 4-1. It's not going to go seven games. And whoever, if you think it's going to happen... You guys are crazy. But yeah, man, like you I gotta tip my hat off. Cause the difference in the in, in game two, the Bucks came out, like I said, they came out swinging, they're aggressive, they're playing bully ball, you know, and you gotta tip your hat off to, you know, coach uh Budenheiser. Like he 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 changed up the game. Like the, the team, the Bucks, when they lost game one, like if you've seen the presser, like the press conference, like they was just chilling. Yano's was not even worried. Coach was like, ah, you know, we didn't come out with the energy, you know, and blah, 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 this is that. But we'll be we'll be ready for game two. And that's what exactly what happened. Like, they had a mission. And you, I don't know if y'all saw the celebrities in, in the house. You had Russell Wilson, Sierra. You had a, 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 a driver, the receiver uh, uh, for, for the Packers back in the days. Uh, you had Chance the Rapper in the building. Like, they had celebrities at the game in Milwaukee. That's crazy. But, yeah, so game game three is pivotal for Milwaukee. I believe, in my opinion, based off of all the assertions that, you know, that I have seen in game one and two, if Milwaukee goes into Atlanta and beats them in game three and just blows them out, the Hawks are done. Like, they, game three is must win for Atlanta, period. Not game four. Game three. 
Game three, like at, based on statistics right here, 77% of the series is determined by game three. So Milwaukee, if you beat them based on the numbers, you got a chance to move on. And I personally believe Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks are destined to go to the NBA Finals. Like, they, they had a cakewalk in this playoffs, and they deserve it. I mean, they swept the Miami Heat. And then they played against the Nets, who didn't have a full team. They had Kyrie, and he gets hurt with the ankle, right? Then James Harden comes back, like, in game five, I believe, and he's playing on one leg, and KD's going bonkers, berserk. Yeah, but KD is, by himself was trying to carry the team. And he even gave all his credit to the Bucs. He said they deserve to win this game as far as game seven. So now you play against the Hawks. Nobody expect the Hawks to be here in the Eastern Conference final. Nobody. If you thought the Hawks would make it this far, you're crazy. Absurd. Because I did not know they're going to make it here. I'm thinking it's going to be the Nets and, and the Lakers. My opinion. Everybody thought that, actually. Everybody thought that Lakers and Nets were going to be in the NBA finals. And obviously, Nets had injuries. And the Lakers had injuries. So we'll see what happens with, with with the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, I hope they make it interesting, but the Bucks are just bigger, longer, physical, tougher, um, the better defensively than the Hawks. You don't have to worry about one player, which is uh, Trey, Trey Young, and they have an answer for that as far as Drew Holiday. Um, maybe Jeff Teague, in a sense, if you ever bring him on. Middleton, I don't know if you can keep up with with Trey Young, but they have no answer for Giannis. They have no answer for him. The Greek freak, nobody on that team can stop him. And if he had the killer instinct, he would dominate every single game going forward into the NBA Finals. You have to understand, for the ones that do know, just a couple of years ago, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. They were down, or they're up two games against the Raptors and they lost because of Kawhi said, I'm going to guard Giannis because they had a guy like that that can guard Giannis. But who name one guy on that roster in Atlanta that can guard him? Solomon Hill? <laughs> Miss me with that. Tony Snell? You must be crazy. They have nobody. John Collins can't guard Giannis. Solomon Hill might play physical and might get attacked and might try to get in his head, but he ain't stopping him either. But in game two, I mean, Brooke Lopez finally showed up. So you need Brooke Lopez to be Brooke Lopez, even though he only had, what, a couple rebounds, I believe. He had 16 points. He made three three-pointers. Bobby Porter's come off the bench play great. Drew Holiday's doing his thing. So far in, game, in two games, he already dropped 50 points or so. And Giannis is going to be Giannis. So, Trey Young, that shimmy stuff, it gets to people if you don't know. Like, you you have to be consistent in order to continue your trash talk, right? And and shimmying is just going to, you know, light the fuse under these guys. And trust me, you don't want to do that when you have Drew Holiday guarding you 30-something-plus minutes a game. So, we'll see what happens and I just want to touch on this before we end this uh, segment or this whole, this episode on the Hawks in the Bucks game too. I was out for two weeks and I was in bad shape with COVID. 
Like it was really bad for me. It hit me really hard, you know, and uh, I've been advocating all year long during COVID ever since I started episode one uh, to be safe out there because it's serious. Right now you have the Delta, uh, uh, you know, variant that's going out there. So if you're not, you're not vaccinated, just try to be safe. You know what I mean? Like I, I did everything in my power to, you know, you know, do my thing, but eventually it got to me. So like vaccination, I don't know. It's on my mind, but stay safe. Everybody out there, you know, uh, especially the ones I do know, the ones I care about. Obviously I want them to be safe, but Game three is going to be on Sunday as far as the Bucks and Hawks. I'll be back about, you know, the, the, the Clippers and the Suns. I got a lot to talk about that. So their game's tomorrow, Saturday, or is it later today? It's later today on Saturday. I'm definitely going to drop an episode on that. I got a lot to talk about that, actually. And I, I, I don't want to throw stuff out there right now. But game, you know, th- that game's going to be lit. Game four in L.A., We'll see what's going to happen. But, yeah, so stay tuned. I'll be dropping an episode pretty soon. And, if, like I said, if you're new to this channel, if you were to watch up to this point, go ahead and subscribe and show some love. Until then, I appreciate it. Y'all stay safe. COVID ain't no joke. I am the I'm a living point. Proof of that. I survived. But it was tough. But until then, stay safe. Man, we got a lot to dive into. Until then, peace. One love.